We are the Carters. Uh, we have been called to the Dominican Republic. And uh, it's crazy when God does that. But God can do that. So I'm going to talk to you for a second. This um, Barnabas and, and <laughs> they're traveling and they've been, they've been doing outreach and they're leading people to who Jesus is and they're talking to the Jews and they're trying to reach everybody for the cause of Christ and and in their trip and their travels they're getting ready to pass by church and so it says and being brought on their way by the church they passed through Phinis and Samaria declaring the conversion of the Gentiles and they caused great joy unto all the brethren so we're here this morning for this first part just to bring you joy we want you to hear about the things that are happening in the Dominican Okay, so as Jay said, it is, uh, that's, that's my better three-fourths, uh, Heather and A. Carter, and uh, she's who God uses to keep me in line a lot. The middle picture is my son, Travis. He's in the Army. He's a drone pilot, and uh, so he is owned by the government at this point in time and not going with us. And then that's my daughter, Bethany Lee Carter. Um, she is phenomenal in missions. Um, and she'll never tell you that. And she's probably going to turn three sheets of red here in just a second. But um, it's phenomenal what God's doing in her life. And so we we can share some of that with you at the table afterwards. Um, The Dominican Republic, there are just under 14 million people in the Dominican, right? It's a lot of people in a very small area, right? Where that small arrow is towards the middle bottom of the screen there is where we will be located when we move. That's the capital. It's Santo Domingo. Um, That's where everything that happens in the country is organized and run from. And so we've been to that area 15 times, I have. Um, And we've planted three church planting training centers. What we do is we're, we're not a parachurch organization. We work through local New Testament church. Okay, so we go into the local New Testament church we look for the ones that have the same vision. We help them get coupled together. And the men that God's raising up in their churches, we show them how to continue to train them to be church planters right there in their neighborhoods. In doing so, in the last five years, there's been over 300 neighborhood churches planted, which is incredible, right? And so God's moving in a powerful way. Um, let me back up. So this next section... Heather's going to talk about when we go in and one of the men has graduated and they go to plant the church. We do a medical clinic and we couple that with discipleship training in the afternoon and a movie at the, in the evening. And she's going to walk you through the medical clinic. And when she's done, Bethany's going to walk you through what some of the people do by Wednesday. So what we do when a team comes down and we have a church plant is we set up uh, first a gospel station or a spiritual station. Uh, in the neighborhood where the church will be, where the church planter has already been trained, and it's his neighborhood, it's his home where his church will be. And so we have the spiritual station. The first thing we do is address their spiritual health. Yes, they've come to see the, the medical doctor, but what's most important is their spiritual health. And so that's the first thing that we discuss with them. And oftentimes, then they, they accept the Lord as their Savior. Then they go through triage. They talk to the nurse, get their vitals. Uh, If they haven't received Christ, that nurse is a Christian that will still continue to share the gospel with them all the way through, including our doctor, who will also address their medical needs. But if they haven't received Christ, she can continue to share the gospel with them. 
and then we have a pharmacy on site as well. And we treat simple conditions like uh, blood pressure, skin, common skin conditions, um, just some community health, some basic things that they need. So during the afternoon um, of each church plant, they have time where if they receive Christ that morning, they're able to come for discipleship that afternoon, which I think is one of the coolest things about these church plants is they're getting saved and then immediately learning how to get closer to Christ. They've already become familiar with the place that they're going to come back to each week to continue their walk. And by Wednesday, they understand what baptism is. So we give them the opportunity to take that first step of obedience and to um, make a public profession of faith among their community. So one of my favorite things I've seen in the Dominican is how God prepares the hearts of the people before we even get there. Um, just like he says, the, the fields are ready. And um, one trip, we came into this community, and we were on the bus on the way in. And Dad, on the way into the community, said, stop the bus. So we stopped, and he got out, and on the corner was this guy. And he shared the gospel with him. And that guy got saved and came every day to help our church plant, to be in discipleship. Well, we later found out that this guy was the leader of the gang in this area, in this neighborhood. So he brought young men with him every day, and this entire gang ended up getting saved. And on Wednesday, he was able to be baptized in front of his community where he just led all the violence and all the crime. And so the last person you'll see get baptized in this video is him. But it's just cool to see these people in these communities, God prepare their heart, and then us come in, they get saved, and... Um, God uses that to just restore the lives of these communities, and that's that guy. Amen. It was funny because after he accepted Christ, he followed me down the street to the neighborhood, and I had four guys that looked at me that were just, they were full of fear. And you, you know how you can see that on somebody's face, right? And uh, it, I'm like, what's going on, you know, what? What's wrong? You, the guy that this guy he's following you. He shouldn't be following you. What do you want us to do? I said, he's my brother in Christ. You should saw their faces. I couldn't. The guy wouldn't leave my side. The guy helped all week and kept bringing more young men back. This is a picture right here of Heather Leiden, um, a young man. To, she led a young man to Christ who was a shoe shine. That's how he earned his living in the Dominican and helped support his grandma because that's who he lived with. Um, the first day we had to talk him into leaving his kit by me so he could go be a kid. Um, day two, he came back. Day three, he brought his friends back. They literally walked over three miles. Literally, it's not a story I'm making up. It's not something that'll just get your attention. They literally walked three miles to come learn about Jesus. He brought his friends and that right there, you see his friends accepting Christ as their Savior. All right, this is a lady that uh, <laughs> God preps them ahead of time. We're coming off of a baseball field where we've just seen an entire team accept Christ. We step up on the street. I look up, ex-cop in me, and I look up, and there's this lady running as fast as she can down this side street. She turns the corner and starts heading our way, and I'm thinking, oh, no, what do we do? She comes running up out of breath and starts speaking Spanish 100 miles an hour, which I didn't understand any of it at that time. And uh, she, she was telling him last night in a dream, God told me 
He was sending people to my neighborhood to show me how to go to heaven. She prays and accepted Christ as her Savior, right? So a little bit going on in the Dominican Republic, right? Now let's get into the Word. What do you think? Oh, man, you're right, Jay. More coffee. <laughs> Are you guys excited about Jesus? Let's, I'll start with this side. You guys excited about Jesus? Aye, aye, aye. My wife and daughter are over there. Are you guys excited about Jesus? Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so now we need to intermingle. No. <laughs> All right. So the word. God has given us his word. Okay. Um, he didn't just do that for us. He gave it to Abraham. Abraham had the word in Hebrews 11.8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. So let me pause just for a second. The word. So God comes to Abraham and says, move. Husbands, raise your hands. Right? Okay. Go ahead and put them down. How many of you want to go home today? And tell your wife, God told you to move, but you don't know where. You want to do that? I will pray for you. I know the battle, okay? <laughs> so, not knowing where, not knowing why, except God said, right? He stepped. And when he stepped, by faith... It wasn't blind faith. It was on the word. Let that resonate for a second. Okay? He did it on the word. Moses. Moses. He stepped on the word. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the saying to do, were drowned. Moses gets told, hey, hold your staff up over the Red Sea and then cross it by faith. Stepping on the word, held up the staff, and they crossed dry land. But it was by faith, stepping on the what? Two people, awesome. It was by faith stepping on the what? Awesome, we're up to six. By faith stepping on the? There we go, all right. Peter. Peter had a word, Luke 5, 1 through 6. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships. Standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. A little side note, a little side note. To me, that's the most beautiful way I see the word pray used in the Bible. Because it shows you what it crisply and clearly is. It says he prayed him. That doesn't mean Jesus did this. To Peter. He communicated. He talked to him. I love that passage for that purpose. When you pray to God, it's communication. 
not just one side. It's communication, that's free of charge. Side note has nothing to do with the message, all right? So, but remember that in your personal life. He wants to pray with you, okay? So he prays him, hey, cast us out a little ways so that I can teach the people, right? So he, he thrust him out a little, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. What did he go back out on? Faith on the word. He said, go. And he unwillingly went because he only cast one net, not two, right? Matthew 14, 22, we're still talking about people. Peter, 22 through 29. If I mess up my words, I apologize. I preach Spanish every Sunday, and so I'm fighting the fact that it's running through my head right now. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain and part to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. I'll spare you. Usually I yell. Because they cried out for fear, right? Look what happens. <laughs> But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Everyone says, Man, Peter's awesome. He, man, he, Peter stepped on the water. No, Peter didn't step on the water. Peter, by faith, stepped on the word, come. And that just led him across the water. You're playing word games. No, I'm not. Without the word, he's going to sink like a brick. But he had faith in Jesus and followed his words. And that's why it worked out for him until he took his eyes off of him. All right? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, yeah, Zacchaeus, right? I've covered everybody, haven't I? All, all types of people, right? Because that's God's very thorough. Abraham, Moses, Peter, and Zacchaeus, and everybody in this room can relate to one of those people, Right? So what God's doing right now, this isn't my message, you've got to get upset with him or thank him, not me. What he's doing right now is covering his bases. And he's saying, hey, listen up, this introduction's for everybody. Okay? Zacchaeus, hiding up in a tree. It says he was the worst sinner. Hiding in a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. Right? Zekas, or Jesus said, as he's passing by, hey, come down. Make haste, come down. You know what the Bible says? Zacchaeus made haste and 
came down. By what? Oh, yeah, but that's, is that by faith? Yeah, it was by faith. Did you hear the description about him? Man, this guy wants to talk to me. Okay, by faith, he obeyed. With haste, came down. Okay, it's not a coincidence that the Bible uses the exact same words. Okay, God's trying to tell us something. We can step by faith on his words. We can't step by faith on whatever we feel like doing. That's going to drown you real quick. But you can step by faith on what he has told us. Hey, guess what? He's done it for the current disciples too. Raise your hand if you're a disciple of Christ. Woohoo! Jack, man, you should be excited, brother. Man, I should have came to your church a long time ago. You got a room full of disciples. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. What is that? The Word. Man, it got quiet. What is that? The Word. Hey, it's coming up later, but who's the Word? Jesus. John 1 says so. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on and talks about him through verse 4. You jump to verse 14 and it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten of the Father, which is the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. Old Testament they had the Word. New Testament they had the Word. And now as current disciples, a room full of them, what do we have? Amen. Come on. Can we get excited about that? You might want to turn me down. I got a big mouth. All right. So I get excited, man. We're talking about Jesus Christ, right? We got to get excited about him. But it's easy to lose our focus, isn't it? It's easy, isn't it? Peter, walking on the word come, and the next thing you know, he's joining the fish. Why? He got distracted. He got distracted. He put his eyes on the waves of the storm and the circumstances. Took his eyes off Christ and started to sink. I end up looking just like these guys half the time. Matthew 28, 16 through 17. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. They're doing good so far, right? It's where he appointed them, right? So they went to it. Verse 17. And when they saw him, well, they're doing good, right? Their eyes are on him, right? And they worshiped him. Right? Is that good? Or are they doing good so far? A, B, C, D, or, or F? What, what's their grade so far? A, right? Amen. I like that. That was a good answer. I'm going to steal that. But some doubted. Yep, there I am. Happens to me all the time. Staring right at Jesus Christ. And then I take off his mind. And I put my mind back on and try to look through his eyes at the things he's asking me to go and do. And all I see is me. And that's a bad recipe. All right? These are the 11. That's who this is. Staring at him. But some doubted. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to encourage us today. Man, I fought all week. Hardcore battle. 
why you aren't giving out. Because I, I, I refuse to show up and give you a boxed, microwavable message. I'm not going to do it. I want to give out what he wants to give out, or I'm going to sit right there and shut up and listen to somebody else who's giving out what he wants given out. Do you know who he is? He's the Word. Do you know who you are in him? Jesus is incredible. He is incredible. He's, he's, and that's like a bad way of even trying to describe him. Jesus is the Word and God. We talked about that. John 1. Do you know that God himself calls his son God? Hebrews 1.8, you know what it says? But unto the Son he saith, thy throne. God speaking, first person. But unto the Son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of thy kingdom. That's who you got inside you, if you're saved. Jesus, he's incredible. He's always been, he always will be. Revelation 22, 13 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He rules. Do you understand that? He rules the physical, right? He healed Peter's mother-in-law, right? <laughs> Husbands, be Christ to the mother-in-law. Seriously, he healed her. Mark it's in Mark 1, 30 through 31, right? He has power over the physical. He healed the nobleman's son in John 4, 49 through 50. He healed a lady with a blood issue, you remember? She reached through and touched the hem of the garment, right? It's a fun message. I call it the 911 call. Jesus is on his way to go stop a guy from dying, but he still stopped and took time to make sure she hadn't stolen anything from him and she was his daughter, right? She was healed. He has the power over the physical. He healed a paralytic man, right? Jesus healed a blind man. He healed lepers. He raised a widow's son from the dead. He has the power over the physical. He rules over the spiritual. He cast out unclean spirits, Right? I'm getting some blank looks. Mark 1, 23 through 28. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. He rules the spiritual, not just the physical. He defeated the temptation of Satan head on. How did he do that? By faith. You don't think Jesus had faith. He had faith. Why did he come to earth? He had faith and walked on the word. He walked on the Word. We're to be just like Him. That's how He defeated Satan, right? Jesus did and does what can't be done. Amen? Amen? Have you, have you seen Him do what can't be done? Yeah. Are you saved? He's done what can't be done. Right? He defeated death. 
Amen? So, so we've seen these examples of how he rules, who he is, and what he has the power and authority over, right? We've seen these, all right? Now I want you to get even better look and taste of who Jesus is. Can you taste him today? A bunch of them ran off because he said, you're going to have to eat my flesh. They didn't like, they didn't like the thought of the taste, right? I mean, I want you to taste him, see him, feel him, smell him. I want you to want more of him, right? He did and does what can't be done. He defeated death. In Acts, it talks about it. It says it in Acts 2, 22 through 24. He defeated the grave, amen? He rose up out of the tomb, right? It's my favorite Spanish phrase. Jesucristo resucitó de la tumba. Jesus resurrected from the dead. He rose from the tomb, right? He ascended into heaven, amen? Acts 1.9, a lot of times we forget about that part. Death, burial, resurrection, yeah, and the ascension. It wasn't completed until we had the ascension, he had to be the first one to make that way, right? What did he tell her? Don't touch me, right? That's an important part of it. He had to ascend. So he defeated the grave. He defeated death. He ascended into heaven. He's preparing a place for you right now if you're saved. He's preparing a place for you. In John 14, 2 through 3, it says it. He's coming back, right? Sorry, I keep hitting the button on accident. He's coming back. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. By the what? Word of the Lord. That we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He's coming back. Amen? He, he, there's nothing he can't do. There's nothing that doesn't submit to his authority. Eventually. Nothing. So who are you? Ask yourself right now. Seriously. Don't ask yourself about your neighbor. Ask yourself about you. Are you 100% sure if your heart stopped beating right now that you would be in heaven? It's a critical question. Who are you? Who are you in Jesus? If you're saying, yes, yes, brotherly, yes, I'm going to heaven. Amen. Praise God. Who are you in Jesus? He wants to encourage you today. You know why we don't step on the word come? Because we forget who we are in Jesus. Right? And it's easy to do. I'm not picking on anybody in here. We are saved by Christ. Right? Amen? Acts 16, 29 through 31 says so. We are forgiven by Christ. Romans 8, 1 through 2. Why don't I see smiles? Is it because I'm not smiling? Usually my wife corrects me when I'm not. Right? Man, you, sir, sitting on the end, you're standing back here. I love watching you sing. I love watching you sing. Man, you're, 
dancing. And I, I wanted to, but my wife kept hitting me. You know, it's, I, we are forgiven and we are saved. Man, if anybody should be dancing on this earth, it's us. You are indwelt by Christ. He's inside of you. Think about that. All power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me, is what he said. He's inside you. All power in heaven and earth is where? Oh, no, I didn't hear that clear enough. Where is it? And we know this because why? Because of the word. And who is the word? That's right. You can take it to the bank. Right? When you're saved, you're dwelt by Christ. You're forgiven. Your sins are washed. And you become a child of God. Heir to the throne. You don't see a lot of people picking on princes. You don't see a lot of people picking on princesses. Not when they realize who they are. Because they walk like it. And they talk like it. And they live it. Right? We got to live it. Remember who you are. Are you encouraged? Mm. Not my fault. Are you encouraged? Right? You're a child of God. You're a new creature. Brand new. All things old do what? Pass away. Behold, all things are become new if any man be in Christ. That's the main question. Are you in Christ? If you are, then man, doggone it. Have fun. Right? We got him in us. You're born again. Man, what woman in here doesn't want to claim that? You don't ask a lady how old she is. Right? But a saved Christian will run up to you. It don't matter if she's 73. She's going to let you know, I'm 42. <laughs> You're 42? Yes, help me down these stairts. I'm 42. 40. Yeah, I've been saved for 42 years, son. That's your real age. New creature, but we live like it's the old one. Right? How many people you work with? Oh, my word, with your occupation, that good night. My, my knees are 85. I've had four doctors tell me so. Huh? I'm 25. 25 to going on 26. Good luck trying to keep up with me. I got Jesus, right? You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? Your name's recorded in heaven. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You possess eternal life. You have heavenly citizenship. You're reconciled to God. You're sanctified, redeemed, justified. You have an advocate before the throne. And you're going to be with Christ in heaven. Somebody shout, goodness. Amen? Amen. Come on. Do you got him in you? I don't hear his voice. I want to hear him powerful through you. Do you think Jesus walked around timid? He might have been calm, 
but there wasn't anything timid about him. Right? I, I just, and I'm not picking on you. I, I, I want you to experience the, the liberty we have in Christ. We can be encouraged. What can I, what in the world should I be afraid of? Right? Nothing. Sorry, I went through all of these. I get excited and start preaching. Right? Oh, and one day. <laughs> hey, I got a couple of laughs. We're starting to wake up. You're going to be with him, right? What's at stake? This is what's at stake. The lady sitting in the seat is the wife to a church planner. This is day two of the church plant. The man sitting closer towards the front is her dad. Spent 30 years in prison in the Dominican Republic. Their prison is not like our prison. 30 years. First hour, all he could do is tell me how there's no way he could ever be saved. Not because of what he did that got him in there, but because of what he did once he was in there. No way. I can't be saved. There is no way Jesus will ever let me into heaven. There is no way. It's impossible. I could, the word impossible. It's no possible. No para mi. Repeat it over and over and over, no matter what I shared with him. So faith cometh by and hearing of the. So about two hours into it. Look at that guy. See, when people get saved, I look at them and tell them what's happening in heaven. They're shouting and praising. It says the angels rejoice over it. And I say, I like partying here. They, they can't have all the fun up there. I want to have some here. You know what he's doing in that picture? He's shouting to Jesus. I said, what do you want to shout? And here's, Gloria a Dios, gracias para salvo me. Thank you. Glory to you. Thank you for saving me. A man who said he could not be saved. That's what's at stake, guys. If we're not willing to walk in it, we're not willing to accept who we are in Christ and just let the old creature be gone. That's what's at stake. First group, three groups today. First group, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? If not, deal with it today. I faked it for, church, for two years in church. Second group, kind of been forgetting who you are in Christ? It's okay. Tell him how happy you are today that he reminded you. Third group, starting, staring at Christ, worshiping, but doubting when you consider the mission. Hey, welcome to my world. Come forward, recommit today, and tell him, man, I'm going to try even harder. Keep my eyes on you. Turn over to you, sir.